Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Welcome to Cavs HQ presented by Sherwin-Williams. Thank you for joining us on the Cleveland Cavaliers Radio Network. Now... Here are your hosts, Tim Alcorn and Jim Jones. From the Cavaliers Radio Studios at Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse in downtown Cleveland. Hi again, everybody. Welcome to Cavs HQ, presented by Sherwin-Williams. Boy, we've got a fun show coming your way here in the next hour or so. We will hear from another one of those guys in Jim Jones's black book. Rick Mahorn is going to stop by and pay us a visit. He'll settle in to the Legends chair, and then a little bit later on in the program, you hear him during Tito's nightcap recap when the Cavaliers are on the road. Brad Sellers, he's going to join us to talk a little Cavs basketball as well. Jim, always a pleasure to be with you on Cavs HQ, and Boy, between Mahorn and Sellers, I think we're going to hear some stories tonight. Yes, you will. And uh, it'll be made for TV so the kids can listen. It'll be clean stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Let's take a minute before we take the break and talk about this Cavs season. Somehow or another, they're battling through all of these injuries, and J.B. Bickerstaff deserves a lot of credit for keeping this team together. Yeah, he does. And uh, he's gone beyond the call of duty. Who could have foreseen seven people out and, you lose your backcourt the other night against Utah. You lose your center, you know, who's played at an all-star level and an all-pro level. JB's done a fantastic job uh, because he's kept them competitive. All right, we've got a busy show upcoming, so we'll take a timeout. And when we come back, settling into the Legends chair will be Rick Mahorn. Of course, we know him from his days with Detroit, part of that bad boys team that won a couple of NBA finals, so... We'll hear from Rick following this on Cavs HQ, presented by Sherwin-Williams. Cavs HQ is brought to you by Sherwin-Williams, the official paint and coatings partner of the Cleveland Cavaliers. And by Huntington. If you need guidance on your money right now, talk to Huntington. Welcome. And we welcome you back to Cavs HQ, presented by Sherwin-Williams, Tim Elkhorn, Jim Jones, and yes, he has settled into the Legends chair. Well, we've had some terrific legends that have made themselves comfortable in the Legends chair, but uh, his first appearance on Cavs HQ, Rick Mahorn now joins us to talk a little NBA basketball. Rick, as always, a pleasure to have you with us, and I know you're just thrilled to be with your good buddy, Jim Jones. Oh, yeah, he's real thrilled. I'm still sleeping, but (laughs) I I guess I'll do it now since now y'all throwing me in the legends chair. I see how it is now, Jones. I see how it is. Now, Rick, we've had some legends in the legends chair. We're talking Norm Nixon, Bob McAdoo, Spencer Haywood. So, you know, you're in some pretty elite company right here. Do you want to know something? That that means I done took second chair to some bums. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no no it's a it's a pleasure to be behind those guys those are uh i always look at all the former players and players before me as foundation guys and real guys that taught me how to be an nba player and jim Jones is all 
it's been the best one ever because that's when my my career started to elevate. Well, as you look at the NBA today, boy, how much different is it than when you were running up and down that hardwood? Well, it's a lot different. Players like Jim Jones, myself, I mean, Bob McAdoo would Bob McAdoo Bob McAdoo would have been the best person for this league now, but yep. please, back then we were in the painted area. We always had to play the uh, more physical guys, Lonnie Shelton types, uh, uh, Bob Lanier's. But it, it's changed a lot. But you know what? It's fun to watch when you, if you want to keep looking at the three ball going up. Jim? Well, Rick, one of the things that I want to talk about is is your rookie year with the Washington Bullets. And I want to, and, uh, the, and you know we have Bernie Bickerstaff's son coaching us. Was, was, was he around holding his father's pants leg when, uh, you know, when you were with the Bullets? Do, do you remember J.B.? Oh, I remember JB. I remember Cindy. I remember the whole family. And that's the okay. funny thing about it that we see in the NBA that I see, you know, your son's working, my son's working for NBA teams, yep. and it only just yep. branches out to make us a big family. And I remember JB. Every time I see JB, if he don't call me Mr. Mahorn, I think I can smack him inside <laughs> his head, but... I ain't trying to do that now. I'm too old. I'm ready to. I, I can't even run fast no more. But I'm just so excited about how we as parents can allow, open up the doors for our children to try to carry on the legacy. Your daughter's working within the organizations. Yep. It, it Bobby Dandridge's daughters. When you meet these young, these young, uh, these young people. You go like I remember when you had a snotty nose and you was crying. You was crying for your mama, but those are the fun. I know things my daughter told me. My daughter told me. My daughter told me you said that. <laughs> well, well, you know, Charles, you 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 know, you used to say. I remember you telling me some one, one thing. Somebody said, "Oh, you're gonna be a Mahorn head. You the Mahorn head," and she started crying. I was like, I was insulted. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you shouldn't have been. You shouldn't have been. But, Rick, I will tell them the one story about Gene Shue. Do you remember how me and you used to always have a, just playful fights? And you remember the time we were going up the escalator in the Washington Towers in Seattle, and you moved, and I was at the top, and you were at the bottom, and you grabbed me by my pants leg from behind and tore my pants Remember when I waited for you at the top and we were uh, uh, WWFing all over the floor and rolling around and every, all the players just walked past like nothing never happened. <laughs> then all of a sudden, remember when Gene Shue came over there and Gene Shue well, was were, our coach. He, you, he, was, he looked at really, us and kept going. <laughs> man, you know what, Jones? We've had some, oh my gosh, man. Listen, you talk. I remember my first year coming in the league, Wes Unsell, Big E, those were – uh, iconic guys on our team, but then when we traded my my second year and we traded for you, I learned so much between you and Spencer Haywood. We'd be in conversations at times, yep. and y'all would That's include right. me, and I'm sitting there going like, "Dude, this is only my second year in the league," and it's like, "Oh, shut up! You you've been here before. Don't worry about it." <laughs> I was last, man. It was funny, yeah. Well, Rick, you were that good. A, you were you were way respect. ahead of the curve. All right, Rick. Yeah, you were my way ahead of the curve. My natural follow-up question is, what's the best piece of advice that you got from Jim Jones? 
Oh my Go, God! Go be careful now. Be careful that now. He he was the most <laughs> handsomest guy in the NBA. <laughs> in <laughs> Every my mind. time we would play teams that he played for, they would always do this Crusher thing, and I'm like, "Well, oh, who the man. hell is Crusher?" And next thing you know, there's like, "Yo," and then he going he's going to walk next to me. That that's that's my stage name. <laughs> <laughs> But no, the best piece of advice that I learned from Jim Jones is that every day that we would be in practice, he would teach me um, more things about being a better player because me uh, from uh, where I came from, from a Division II school, a historically black college, Hampton, it was more of teaching me the ropes of how to play different guys, how to, you know, make sure that you, you know, uh, defensively, Give him some space. This guy couldn't shoot. Don't be up on him. This guy was, he loved this spot. So those are the things that could never replace that I miss now in the league, the veteran leadership of teaching younger guys how to be not only pros but professionals on and off the court. That's great advice. All right, we're going to take a quick time out. When we come back, we've got a lot more to go through with Rick Mahorn. He seems pretty comfortable in that legend's chair. Great to have him with us on Cavs HQ, presented by Sherwin-Williams. Can't pass the people, can't pass the hitmen! Oh my, Marty Allen over on the other side of the window, (laughs) keeping this show revved up. Great to have you with us on Cavs HQ, presented by Sherwin-Williams. Tim Elkhorn, Jim Jones, and the Legends Chair is Rick Mahorn. Jim, that's one you could probably just sing right along. Yeah, I I probably could. In fact, I probably used to do the two-step. Rick Rick took me to a club out near the Air Force Base. Called, remember that club called the Classic? Oh yeah, and uh, I know the yeah, and Rick and uh, and uh, Rick took me out there one time. But uh, I'm going to tell you a violent story right now about how rough. These two guys were the most physical guys since probably the 60s and the 70s. And they were Rick Mahorn and Jeff Rulin. Jeff Rulin was a Golden Gloves champ out of New York City that just happened to be 6'10 and, would, and as he would say, knock your ass out. And uh, he and Rick were best friends and to this day still best friends. And I remember specifically how they used to set blinding picks. Do you remember up in Portland where Lionel Holland was on defense and he kept coming around guarding Frank Johnson and you stuck out your butt? And you remember you hit him so hard. Do you remember four of his his fillings, four of his teeth, Tim, fell out and rolled on the floor like dice? And we looked down and Rick said with a few other experts, Jones, look at his teeth. And they would mm-hmm. spin it all over the floor. <laughs> you know, he said, you I know got it. how did your big it. butt knock somebody's teeth out? That's what I no, want to I, know. I kept, I kept telling, I kept telling Train, stop following our guards. Just, just let yep. them go ahead and shoot. Because if you don't, I'm gonna have, I'm gonna have to serve you up a few. And I didn't think I was gonna serve them up a few teeth. But till this day. Lionel Hollins always tells me, tell me thank you because that's when he he that's why his teeth look so white and clean. <laughs> so he said, he said, "Thank you, God, that you did that, man." But it was, you know what? 
the game of basketball was so physical, and I mean, uh, yes, I would was. see, would watch it all the time. So, but it was the fact that look, it was like it was a uh, um, survival and playing against uh, teams like having Jeff Rulin as my um, my henchman because I've had a few henchmen in my career between Jeff Rulin, Bill Lambeer, Charles Barkley. It, you know, you always kind of pair up and kind of size up with guys. But Jeff Rulin my, it was my alter ego, big old white dude, then a big old black dude. So we used to have a great time. We still <laughs> That's do. That's right. <laughs> Tim, I'm going to let you have the last phase, but I got to tell this one Jeff Rulin story. We were playing Phoenix. Alvin Adams, one of the nicest people in the world, outstanding center they could have played today at 6'8", had a 40-inch vertical, you know, very smart. Jeff Rulin set a pick on Alvin. Alvin got mad, which he never did. Wrong time to get mad. He turned and faced Jeff Rulin, hmm? and Jeff slugged him with one of them short-arm punches <laughs> to the face. Do you remember that, Rick? And knocked him. That's the first time I've ever seen a player get knocked out instantly. He fell back Listen. on his head and he was out. They took him off the court. He was still sleeping. You know, if you if you messed with Jeff or somebody messed with Jeff, it was, you had to you mess with, with you, both yeah. of us. But Jeff took care of himself just like I did. <laughs> Rick, uh, Jim has alluded to the fact that, you know, you started your career in Washington. You had five years there before uh, you moved on to Detroit. And, of course, uh, that team – the bad boys, as you mentioned, Lambert, Isaiah, Dumars, the whole group, uh, I would think that's what you're known for. How will history judge that team? You know, we don't get the due respect. I mean, you, if, you, if you're not the flashy team like the the Lakers, and I'm not nothing against you, Crusher, but the Lakers, the Celtics, yep. that was more of the, the norm when you would see teams like that, Philadelphia. But we were, we were one team that we had didn't have guys that can had to average 30 plus points in order for us to win we had a, a group of guys that in the, in the collective group uh at any point one of those players would get hot and help you out so i, I always consider the bad boys one of the best teams the, the top five teams to ever win a championship in the nba I agree. I agree. and i was glad to be a part of that because jones knows you you can you, you can't get it unless you're in the game, and we were in the game, right. and we got a chance to beat uh, uh, one of the best teams with the Lakers. And, and I mentioned all those great. outstanding players, and certainly uh, Chuck Daly played a huge role. Talk about your relationship with Chuck, if you could, Rick. Uh, Daddy Rich, I was talking about him the other day. One of the sharpest, well dressed men in in the league. But once what set Chuck uh, away from a lot of coaches is that. He would put the onus on the players. So it wasn't like he had to do a lot of things to keep us accountable because we were professional enough to know that if this guy is not doing it, he needs to you know, step his game up. Chuck was more of the guy that orchestrated how he would do a three, you know, you see three guards on the court and you're going like, why has he got three guards on the court? What happened to the traditional small forward and, and the power okay. forward and all that? So, a lot of things have changed where we we played defense like nobody's business and because we knew we weren't going to be able to score as elite as other teams, but we made sure that you, physically we were going to beat you down. 
and we're going to win the game. So Chuck Daly was just instrumental in just making us accountable. And, of course, uh, you know, the legendary Jordan rules. What do you think of the last dance? I ain't watched that Oops, I could. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, oh I, we can edit it. Yeah. I'm sorry, but I ain't wasting my time. I wasn't wasting two, ten hours of my time to watch that crap. Fair enough. Jim? <laughs> well, but, you know, one thing I want to say about Rick, and uh, sometimes uh, uh, his fame doesn't really tell you what kind of player he was. Rick was a rookie. And the and I thought I was going to start. Here I come from a big championship team, and I'm going here. I got experience or whatever. And uh, Bernie Bickerstaff and Gene Shue, I guess they thought I was going to be upset. Uh, but uh, they came up to me and they said, look, we got something special here between Jeff Rulin and Rick Mahorn. We want to start both of them. Is that all right? I mean, are you having a problem with that? I said, no. I said, start him. Man, I, because, Rick, I was tired. I was an undersized center. They had <laughs> wore me out over the years. And it was glad to see Rick. I'll tell you one more story. We're playing the Boston Celtics, and we're a young upstart team. Some of our veterans were myself and Kevin Grevy, but not many older guys. These were young kids, Frank Johnson, Rick, Jeff, Jeff, Jeff Rulin. And I remember that we got into a fight. Rick got into a fight with someone. Maybe I think you were beating up Kevin McHale, and then someone else came, and they were all moving out of the way for Jeff. And I remember that I, was, I got off the bench, and I went down to the other end, and I was getting ready to get in there because I wasn't going to let nobody mess with my babies. You know, those are two of my kids, and, you know, they would get sucker punched. So I go down there, and I'm getting ready to go in the fight, and somebody grabs me around the right, right waist, talking like Elvis, come on, Jimmy. Let's me and you still be and watch this. Come on, let's don't get involved. And he put his arm around me, and I couldn't get away. And then all of a sudden, I turned around, it was Larry Bird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, you know, at the physicality, I mean, the incident that happened the other night with Boogie Cousins and, um, and Marquise yeah. Morris, I uh, said, you know what, I miss those days. Those are days where you could get fined. 250. Now you get fined 35,000. That's your check for the year. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Rick, before we let you go, I want to transition to the present just real quick uh, from Mm -hmm. an outsider's perspective. uh, What do you think of this Cavs roster when it's healthy? Obviously, I was impressed uh, when we played uh, you guys the other night. I mean, when you have a Kevin Love, a healthy one, Uh, your team can do some damage. I think McGee was a great addition for your team to back up uh, Andre Drummond. But what impressed me about your guards, man, I mean, Garland and Sexton in the backcourt, they may be small, but they're quicker than fish grease. I mean, they're they're just fast, and they push the basketball. And I like the way that uh, uh, J.V. Bickerstaff is um, opening up the court for those young guys to let them learn on the fly. So, I'm, I, you know me, I'm, I'm always going to be a diehard red, white, and blue Pistons fan, but I still got friends with, with Jones and Austin Carr and even Campy Russell, even though I wanted to beat him up when he was with the Knicks. Um, I, I still just feel that I have, you know, I, I have love for them, but still it's, it's going to be that, that, that little stab in the heart that I don't want to see the Cavaliers win nothing. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, hey, on no, that Rick, note, Rick, that's Rick. The... <laughs> Rick. Hold, 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 hold. We got to ask this question. Rick, can the Pistons be one of seven? Seven through ten are going to have a play-in to the playoffs. You know, having 11 to 12 new people, only four from last year, it's mm. going to be tough for us to get into that kind of a mix. But this, this year is more of a learning year because we have some great, uh, to me, we have some nice uh, rookies that are on the team. I love Sadiq Bay. I love Isaiah Stewart. I love guys that just want to come out there and compete. So, you know what? Give us another 10 to maybe 15 games and then come back to me so I can get on that legend's okay. chair and then I'll give you my assessment. <laughs> Rick, okay. we'll keep the chair warm for you. There you go. All right. Make sure you leave the lights <laughs> yeah, on. Yeah, we'll leave the lights on for you, as Tom Bodette said. All right. Hey, this has been a lot of fun. We really appreciate it, and uh, we'll talk to you on down the line then. No problem. Thank yeah, you, Rick. I, I, I'll expect my watch, my uh, – <laughs> Other stuff in the mail, but we're, we're good. Okay, send that address. Send the address. I, I need the address. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, okay. guys, man. Good luck. Rick Mahorn love, in the love, love Legends you, Chair as part of Cavs HQ, presented by Sherwin-Williams. We'll be right back. As the Cavs strive to be champions both on the court and in the community, we are proud to support local nonprofit organizations through our weekly 50-50 raffles presented by Oswald. This week's raffle will benefit the Cavaliers Community Foundation and its efforts to support charitable organizations right here in Northeast Ohio. For complete 50-50 raffle details and to purchase your 50-50 raffle ticket, visit Cavs.com raffle. Thank you, Cavs fans, for being the diff in our community. Cavs in the Community is brought to you by Discount Drug Mart. We'll be right back with more Cavs HQ presented by Sherwin-Williams. Welcome back to Cavs HQ presented by Sherwin-Williams. Tim Elkhorn along with Jim Jones and... Another member of the Cavaliers Radio Network now joins us. Of course, you hear him on Tito's Nightcap Recap when the Cavs are on the road. Brad Sellers joins us to talk a little Cavaliers basketball and perhaps another topic or two. But uh, Brad, as always, great to have you with us and certainly uh, a lot to talk about. And let's kind of delve in with this Cavalier basketball team uh, the rash, just this conclave, this torrent of injuries uh, as a team, as an organization. Uh, just how do you battle through that, just mentally, number one? Well, I think it requires uh, a great deal of luck, good management. Uh, obviously, at this time of the year or any portion of any season, you're going to come across injuries, but it's, it's how they're being managed. Your, your medical staff, making sure they're on top of their game, making sure the players are doing what they're supposed to do to make sure that they put themselves in a position as far as strength and conditioning and rehab to make sure that they're, they're hitting, all, hitting all the marks, checking all the boxes. But, I mean, it's just unfortunate that it's hitting us early, right? And we, we and obviously, we've been down, but we've we've shown well at times here, right? And so I, I hope that uh, this trend reverses itself so we can get back to playing the good basketball that we were playing early in the season. Brad, as one door closes, another one opens, and certainly uh, there's been several guys that have been given opportunities for playing time now uh, with those injuries that have just accumulated. 
who's opened your eyes? A, a guy or two that really wasn't anticipated to see a lot of playing time, but now that they've been out on the floor, has kind of impressed you. Well, I, I tell you what. Uh, so when I think about that, you know, JaVale McGee is one guy that, you know, I didn't know really what to expect. You know, you saw glimpses of of uh, flat, uh, glimpses of his ability in the other places he has stopped. And I will tell you that uh, his minutes that he's gotten, because people have gone down, he's shown me some things. He really has shown me some things. And I would think that uh, given the right rotations, people back in, at bay, it could be a place or a, uh, uh, a position that, that he may be able to excel at uh, as, as we move forward. I will also tell you that when I look at the uh, complete team, I think that Jetty Osmond has shown some ability here to, to, uh, to be able to do some things that maybe to help us going forward. And, but the guy that really steps out uh, and stands out most is, is Damian Dotson. And yep. so him obviously has some spent some time in New York. Uh he's really made the most of his of his time, right? And I think he's left an impression on everybody here. He plays hard, plays smart. Uh he's really a two, has had to fill in at the one, has done a very admirable job filling at the one. Mm. And then Jimmy in the words of my old teammate Sadell Three. You let a fool into the party, right? And that's what would happen when somebody would go down <laughs> and you give somebody who didn't get a chance to play a time to play and they take advantage of it, right? And so yeah. uh, I say that because there have been many people in this league that have taken advantage of an inopportune moment for them to step in and some have not relinquished and given it back. And so Damon Dotson has probably made the most of his time with the Cavaliers in this in this scenario. Yeah, uh, he he was sort of a unique pickup uh because everybody knew that he could score, but Brad, I didn't know he was six foot five, and he is. He's he has he has great height. In fact, he looks like he's just as tall as uh, our rookie Okoro. So uh, the the unique thing about him is everything that you said. But I was looking at Drummond for the last three and oh, a half there's games. No doubt. <laughs> there's no doubt. <laughs> He's been, Jimmy, but but, Jimmy, but uh, Brad, I can't compare. We can go to the post yeah. with it. We can go to the block yes. with it with a game like that. And if uh, yes. if you know I can't how to play him. this game, right? Yeah, who can you compare him to, Brad? No one. Listen, we we going back. <laughs> you know, I could drop it in. I could drop it in. Well, Billy Billy Cartwright could not board like Andre Drummond, right? right His glass right. ability, just by the sheer numbers that he grabs, is Rodman like, right? <laughs> who who jumped? Yes. He was running around here grabbing 18, 20, 21 rebounds, doing that. Right. Against anybody, right. everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I like so here in this game here, it is such a a a, a benefit to this organization to have a player like that. Now, yeah. a lot of these kids have never played with a true post, Jimmy, ever, right? I know. And if you have never played with a true post, it's an acquired taste. And once you understand how to work with that, oh, you're even that much better. And the other thing is we have size. We can p- control and patrol the paint, right? When it gets down to, to playoff time basketball, you better be able to control the interior. And we've got guys that can do that, like I said. Um, Andre Drummond has just been outstanding, and he's made the most of his time. Obviously, he's in a year where he's looking for – a contract, right? So yeah, yeah, he's playing. You got, you got to play hard, and I think you're getting that out of him right now. And Brad, the other thing is this: is that uh, uh, Bickerstaff's got his hands full uh, because people don't understand. Remember the remember the zones we played in high school were just the yeah. zones so we could rest for offense. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, in our league, you 
you burn more energy playing zone than you do man to man. And that, that fatigue factor and having to play so hard because you're a young team with inexperience and then the injury, the rash of injuries from, from your perspective, what is Bickerstaff looking at? What is he trying to do? So I think JB's trying to find a good solid rotation that he can count on right now. We've been, okay. we've been dealt with these hand of injuries. So we've had to, floated a couple of nights, see what we really had, right? And that's why I say guys have an opportunity. So don't ever come back to me and tell me you never have an opportunity here. You had opportunity right. to, to make the most of it. The second thing is we, we hope to get healthy because, Jimmy, I think when we are healthy and we discover what we have, because this is a discovery period. We get to discover exactly who you are. You can't tell me it. You're going to show it to me. And if you show me some things, JB comes from a family that understands this game. You know, I played for his dad, Bernie. Right. Yeah. And yeah. I and and Bernie knew one thing. He knew how to rotate a bunch of players in. I, I'll go to my Sonic roster. Right when I was there, myself, yeah. Sean Kemp, Dana Barrows, mm-hmm. Dale Ellis, Derek McKee, Michael Cage, wow. uh, Nate McMillan, and these were guys that were. I mean, we had a multitude of forwards. Right. Everybody's fighting for time, and he knew how to rotate. Uh, people in and out to keep them fresh and give people their minutes, and you learn to make the most of it, right? And so mm-hmm. this is what I, when I look at this, this, this is almost Sonic-like to me, Jimmy. When I look at it, that's okay. interesting, Jim. We got to get a break in, Brad, as well. But we'll take a timeout, and when we come back, we'll continue our conversation with Brad Sellers. Of course, you know him from the Cavaliers Radio Network as he joins us each week on Tito's Nightcap Recap or each road game, I should say. We'll hear more from Brad after this on Cavs HQ, presented by Sherwin-Williams. We welcome you back to Cavs HQ. It's presented by Sherwin-Williams, Tim Elkhorn, along with Jim Jones, and our very special guest is Brad Sellers. And, Jim, before we took the break, uh, you were about to ask Brad a question, so I'll let you pick it up from there. No, I was just going to have have you add that to his moniker, uh, Mayor Brad Sellers. Well, that's and the true. Reason, and the, and the, the reason why is because of the transformation uh, of going from being an athlete and, of course, a businessman to now mayor of a city. Brad, what's happening with your people and the virus that's uh, that's uh, holding this country right now? Well, Jim, I just you know I try to you know make sure that everybody knows it's, it's exploding out here. I mean, I don't think there's a place in this in this state. There's no obviously no place in this county that is not exploding, and everybody's just trying to hold it at bay as best as possible. I mean, they are projecting. You know, if you've seen the latest project, they're projecting one million people dead by May first, mm. and and the number's so large. I think it is. You know, folks are numb to the number, right? you think about that, that's 12 Brown stadiums. So if you think about that, uh, I think the state is in, 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 is trying to do the best it can as far as preparing itself. I know what, uh, the, the, I think the plan as I hear it now is going to uh, mass vaccination here probably by the end of the month, right? So oh, okay. those folks that want to get vaccinated, because that's the only way they, they feel now that you're going to be able to beat it back. Right, because you can't do it in this rollout way that we've been doing. You've got to beat it back by getting more and more people vaccinated. Now, that means that people have to do their homework and figure out if, if it's something they want to do. Right, but if yeah. you just look at the data, and I get a report, I get a report daily about uh, the number of explosions here in this city, just my city. Right, and I I can trace it back to the beginning and. 
you know, I'd get a, a report, Tim, with six, seven people on it. I see a report now, it's got 60 people on it, right? And that's what comes in here daily, right? 60, 70 people, right? Mm. And this is, these are confirmed cases, right? And this is, the, I think the virus has mutated a bit. Uh, you see it impacting my Ohio State Buckeyes. You see it impacting uh, the uh, the Browns when they were getting ready to play Pittsburgh. And it's out here. So there's not a place in the, in the, in the, in the continental United States uh, that is not being impacted. It is uh, something that we are all are dealing with and trying to figure out our way uh, to get to the light at the end of the tunnel. But I think it's coming, but it's going to require that everybody be on the same page going forward. Now, Brad, you mentioned uh, you know the mass vaccinations that will be coming. Once that comes to your city, uh, Warrensville, is that something that you as the mayor, not you individually, but the local government will then put in the logistics, or how will that be handled? No, so I think the county, the county is working with it. To, you know, it's the county and the hospitals that are doing it. Because I mean, Tim, you're at such a scale now that it is beyond the local CVS and and Walgreens or entities like that. Right, A trying to trying to handle it. They're going to do some, but the the explosion is so so severe that they now think that the mass vaccination sites are where they're going to do basically drive up, get a shot in your arm, and keep it moving. Right. Because that's all they can do, right? Because if you wait for people to schedule, walk somebody in, it just takes too much time. The rate of explosion inside the the body politic is at a rate that can't keep up to the demand, right? I mean, to to what's what's being out here. You could just follow the numbers every day that they get out here. These aren't made-up numbers. I I watch my own reports coming here. It's pretty much spot on line. I mean, there were... If I, if, uh, I think was it 4,500 uh, uh, 4, cases here in in Ohio. Mm. No, excuse me. It was 6,000 cases in Ohio yesterday. I'm sorry. Six, almost 6,100 cases here in Ohio yesterday. Wow. 6,100. There used to be a number like 200, 300, 400. I, I wanted to ask you because I applaud and I commend this life path that you've taken to go from athletics into a leadership role and a government role. Uh, so my, my question is two parts. Uh, number one, what led you in that direction? Uh, and secondly, are there parallels between athletics and government and leadership? That's a great question. So I could tell you this, that I think I would be sitting in this chair that I'm sitting in now. No, <laughs> absolutely not. But I, was I prepared for it? I would say indirectly, yes. You know, my parents were uh, community activist type folks, and so I, I had a, a knowledge of the community, of this community as a, as a kid growing up here. And then as I went on and uh, was able to do some academic work at Wisconsin, University of Wisconsin and Ohio State University, I think, and my journeys across seas uh, really prepared me for at least a global view. But I would tell you I was, I was really um, blessed as a kid because I was uh, mentored, and shown um, a great deal of direction from guys like Jim Jones, Campy Russell, Austin Carr, uh, when they were all growing, when I was all growing up here. So I would see those guys more like <laughs> just guys on the street, you know. They're like that's how I, that's how I kind of knew them from a young age, right? And so they were always guys that set a good example about what it meant to be just a a, a what a, what a man should be in the community, right? And so. Uh, I took that in like a sponge, soaked it in like a sponge, and then uh, uh, just tried to carry myself like that. And then the, when I retired in 2000, the door to Marshall Fudge is going to be the soon to be the new secretary of HUD. Was the mayor Warrensville invited me into a meeting to join her staff, and I didn't 
you know, I didn't think I was going to, to do a, a a job like this because I was coming from a job that it, that had uh, Jimmy real high dividends in it. <laughs> <laughs> and sacrifice, then I went to work sacrifice. That has very low dividends. <laughs> but but uh, the beauty of it is in the is, is in the reward. So <laughs> once I reconciled that, I was like, uh, here the benefit was. Uh, that's the return on investment. That's the return on investment. Jim, we got Brent, time for Brent. one more. Okay, how are the girls doing? The girls are doing fine, Jim. Um, you know, so uh, uh, obviously Sydney's Sydney's got a a son now who's about to turn three, and so I uh, oh, try to make sure I shuttle him to school every day and pick him up yeah. in the evening, and then. Uh, my number two, Sierra, is about to graduate from uh, Thomas More College in uh, Wow uh, in Northern Kentucky, where they went. They went thirty-three and zero as a as a, she was a what? junior. No, as a sophomore. Excuse me, as a sophomore, she went thirty-three and zero and won the NCAA Division three title. And then I've oh got my, uh, my number three, Shayla's at Purdue Fort Wayne, playing in Horizon League with Cleveland State, YSU, and and uh, uh, Wright State, and just to, just to name a few, UIP, 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 I forget how you say it, UIP, UIP, and then um, yeah. they're getting their heads knocked, but she's learning. She's learning and enjoying it. Started every game of her career. She's in her second season. And then my youngest, uh, Cheyenne, who's headed to Maryland here in, in June, which I caught a lot of a lot of flack from my Ohio State brethren. <laughs> uh, but she's headed to Maryland on a basketball scholarship to play for Brenda Freeze and the Terps. And so uh, looking forward to that. And she is um, she's they've been a, they've been a joy. They've been a joy, Jimmy Fitz. It's been a great time well, for me to be back home in Cleveland. Well, Brad, I know your beautiful daughters, and uh, and they're all well mannered, highly intelligent as you as uh, you. And uh, the thing I just want to say, I'm so proud of how you turned out. One of the advantages of getting older is that you get to see how people turn out. And I remember you, Brad, with a weighted vest in 90 degree heat, <laughs> oh, yeah. running up, running up Emory, while I was in my bigger. black. <laughs> Well, yeah, when I was in my 450 SEL black on black smoke yeah. windows Mercedes, and I see this seven footer coming down on the across the way with a weighted vest on in 90 plus heat, I said that boy's <laughs> gonna be a pro. My wife said he's gonna kill himself first. <laughs> that, yeah, listen, that's I a was dreaming word. the dream. I saw, I used to see all the Cavaliers in these nice cars. I was like, man, that must be nice. And I let it, and it was just memorable. Jimmy and and and, and, and Campy and and Austin and Campy's brother Walker D. I mean, they're just memorable people, right? They just always bingo, all them guys, right? Footsie, right? And you know, I tell people this as a kid. You know, a lot of them grew up were living in the apartments in Warrensville when I was growing up here in the high rises, right? Right? Yeah. right across from across from Randallwood, and I would see them all the time. So if you can imagine seeing LeBron James and Kevin Love and them every day, right, at the park playing outside for free. Right, that you could go out there and watch, and then if you sat around long enough, they might let you in the game when they were tired at the end, right? <laughs> and so that's how it happened for me. And so I never took that, and and Jim knows knew my mother, and so my mother was always big oh, on yeah. academics and and trying to Great make lady. sure that she raised Great good lady. kids, and I'm trying to do the same with mine to make sure that they're cognizant of what's going on in this world, and and know that this game that we play 
it's something we do. It's not who we are, right? And so, but while you're doing it, do it at a high level. And so you're going to transition to that and be community-minded in some aspect going forward. And so Sierra's going her way to applying to law school here in the fall, Jimmy. So, oh my goodness, I mean, in the spring, so, so uh, I'm, I'm trying to get them on the right way. There you go. That's, oh, a, yeah. that's the greatest return on investment when your kids do well. Yes, that's it is. awesome. Brad, great to have you on. We appreciate it and uh, look forward to hearing a lot more from you as the year unfolds on the uh, Tito's Nightcap Recap. Well, you know, Thank you, Mike and I be on the backside of you guys, so we uh, we enjoy your call every night and get us teed up. And so Thank we're going we're gonna to finish this out. But so far, I like what I see with the Cleveland Cavaliers. Yes, Sounds- I do. Thank you. Sounds Thank you good. very much. Brad Sellers joining us on Cavs HQ, presented by Sherwin-Williams. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Cavs HQ, presented by Sherwin-Williams. Tim Elkhorn along with Jim Jones. Time to put the finishing touches on this one. Boy, a huge thank you to our two great guests tonight. Of course, uh, Rick Mahorn earlier in the program, he had some awesome stories, and Brad Sellers. So a great big thank you to those two. And, of course, as far as uh, our production is concerned, a lot of thanks to pass around. Of course, the dynamic duo on the other side of the window. That would be Marty Allen along with Kurt McLaughlin. Thanks to Leo Simone. And, of course, a great big thank you to one Jim Jones because that black book of his just keeps coming up with some unbelievable guests. So, uh, Jim, a great big thank you to you. Of course, uh, we'll be back Monday. That'll be our next edition of Caps HQ presented by Sherwin-Williams. That's going to be a very special show on Monday, so you're going to want to stay tuned to that. The biggest thanks, of course, goes to you, the listeners. We hope you enjoyed this week's edition of Caps HQ presented by Sherwin-Williams. For Jim Jones, I'm Tim Elkhorn. So long, everybody. Cavs HQ was brought to you by Sherwin-Williams, the official paint and coatings partner of the Cleveland Cavaliers, and by Huntington. If you need guidance on your money right now, talk to Huntington. Welcome. Welcome.